somebody from the 913. I even tip when I get takeout. That's fine. I've always let that as kind of a gray area. Because I think a lot of people get the misconception that when you serve, you don't really do anything. I think is is what peop, that people... And again, I have advocated that in high school, maybe we don't need senior seminar. Or if we do do senior seminar, maybe add in like what it's like to work in a restaurant and how tips work. Because again, I'm not saying that every time you go out, you have to tip 20%. I've been places where I've gotten atrocious service. And I've, you know... Yeah, that's a common misconception, yeah. I think, that that people... And just, you know, some on the text line are having also... I've tipped less than 20%. Uh, it's not an obligation that you do that. Uh, what I think the, the correlation is, is you go out looking for reasons to tip less than that. If you have atrocious service... I understand that. Right. Uh, I think that's a lot less common than people act like. Yeah, and I think it's just kind of interesting because, like, people are like, oh, well, all they do is, like, write my order down, put it into a computer screen, and then, like, brought it out. <laughs> okay. And every restaurant is different, right? Like, you have fine dining. You have, you know, finer diner. You've got fast casual. You've got, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, when you go to the Chipotle line, you got to throw a $5 bill in the cup. But I know you're all out there tipping at those dispensaries. I know that. Yeah. I see those jars out front. You ain't got ain't no problem. You tipping somebody go get you an eighth of your you know silver ghost. And how come? And how come this this line of thinking isn't extended to other areas in which you tip, like the uh, the guy that, the valet that grabs your car, right? It's yeah. just customary. You just do it, right? Um, now, of course, if the guy says "f you" and hits you in the face, you're not going to tip him. Correct. I get that. If you get terrible service. But it's just so much more widely accepted. Why is why is being waited on in a restaurant the only place in which we have this conversation? Right. Or if you're like one of those people like, I never tip 20%. Tell I tip that. 10%. All right, cool. Tell me that before I serve you. Yeah. The other indicator that you know there's a bad tipper, they'll uh, they'll write on the receipt and then turn it over. So that way by the oh, time you approach the table. Yeah, you have to like, yeah. 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 It's like a Texas Hold'em hand at that point. You're like, do I have aces? Do I have aces? Oh, 7-2. And then there are people that maybe they're just, and I'll stop talking about this. I promise we'll get back into sports. Um, somebody says, what about Sonic? If they're on rollerblades, 20% or skates. Um, but nowadays, I think everything's just drive-through. I don't really see people car hopping at Sonic, but I always tipped at car hop. Whatever. I don't care. I just always tipped like five bucks. Um, but I will say, I will say this and I will end this conversation. I promise. I thought COVID was going to turn the restaurant industry around. I thought when people were taken away from being able to go out to eat and actually have that experience, they were going to come back a whole, nah, man, not a chance. I worked at a restaurant during COVID. Oh, it was great times. People did not stop. They did not lose the chance to go out to eat. That's all I say. They The, the demand for perfect service did not fluctuate during yeah. the pandemic. When we, when we first started and guests weren't allowed inside the restaurant, Oh, it was so nice because it was just like carry out. So like guests yeah. were just like, oh, we're so happy you're open. I, I just never thought there'd be a day where, where it wouldn't happen. We're like, oh, yeah, thanks. Like here's 20 bucks. Whatever you guys do with it, just take it. Thank you. And then for like the first like month, it was like, oh, we're so glad we're, that it's back open. It's so great. And then it was like gone. And it was like back to, you know, but the other thing is funny, and, I, and this will be the last thing. There are people that are, that are regulars that attend the same restaurants and they do the same bad habits. When when servers know who you are and they know that you tip bad, then you are going to get that sort of service. But, you know, if you're going to tip bad, let them know. Have the audacity be like, look, I'm tipping $5 no matter what my bill is. Okay. 
If your bill's $25, I'll give you 20% style service. If your bill's 100 bucks, you're going to be you're going to be sipping ice cubes for quite a while. Um it is 7 o'clock. Thanks for coming around on After Hours. We will be here till 9 o'clock. Be back tomorrow. Nathan will be. We have the Royals Rally Show. Vern will be on the air as well. Vern. Big Vern. The number one human being that works at 610 Sports Radio. His voice will leak back into your ears. Sunday, I'll be on this show 9 until noon, as we will then be a week away from the Super Bowl. But one thing that I do think is crazy is that I never thought the Chiefs would get here. Nothing else. I think the Chiefs now, it can safely be said, are America's team. The Dallas Cowboys have had that moniker for a long time, and they're still a glamour franchise, but they haven't been to the Super Bowl since the mid-'90s. For a now hot the, minute, they were saying Detroit is America's team. For a hot minute. Sentimentally, yes. yeah. They would have yes. been a sentimental favorite if they got to the Super Bowl, and it would have been a great storyline. 49ers are a good storyline, too. But now the Chiefs have been to four of the yeah. last five Super Bowls. Yeah. They have the best quarterback in the game, even Patrick though there Mahomes. are others really yes. who are really good. He's exciting. He improvises. He's charismatic. Mm-hmm. They've got him. Andy Reid's been around a long time, went to the Super Bowl with Philadelphia, and now with the Chiefs. They've got Travis Kelsey and his romance with Taylor Swift. He yes. was a big deal to begin with, and now it blows up bigger. Yes. Plus the State Farm commercials. Yes. You don't have to know a screen pass from a field goal to know something about the Kansas City Chiefs. That Bob Costas giving you all the reasonings why they're America's team, right? When the Dallas Cowboys were coined that team name as America's team, football wasn't really there yet, right? That was still like early 90s. Baseball was still kind of running the sports world. Jordan was lighting the NBA up on fire and the NFL was popular. I'm not taking any sort of, you know, cookies away from their side of the dessert tray. The NFL was there, right? Like, everybody's mom was in love with Troy Aikman. Everybody knew that Michael Irvin had a cocaine problem. Everybody knew basically who the Dallas Cowboys were. They knew their drama. But it was because the Dallas Cowboys were really the only team that kept winning. And they won three Super Bowls, so they were America's team. They were everywhere. They were popular, right? That's why they were America's team. And you can mirror image that into a modern-day America's team with the Kansas City Chiefs. As Bob Costas referenced there, you don't have to know a screen pass to a deep pass to know who Travis Kelsey is or who they play for, right? You don't have to do that. You know that Mahomes and Maato is Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. Now, the other thing that you can do, and a lot of people have told me this, is yes, yes, the Swift aspect has done that. But we also don't understand where the hatred comes from, right? Like, you think about why people hate the Chiefs, because they're everywhere, because they're always winning, because they're, you know, at the top of their game, and nobody stands a chance when it comes to the playoffs. Similar to Dallas, right? And when you look at what Taylor Swift brings, there's a lot of the same sort of things, right? Like there's, oh, I just don't like her. She's annoying. Why is she annoying? Because she's at the top of her game? Because she's the most popular pop artist? Oh, I just don't like the way she acts because she's not your flavor of tea, right? Like, I don't know. Maybe you didn't maybe you you didn't like TI because you didn't like, you know, some of his songs. You didn't like Rubber Band Man. You're like, "Oh, I didn't 
At least T.I. had gun charges to where he could be like, I don't know if I like that guy. Not responsible. Now, good guy. Found his faith. Leads by an example. But at least he gives you a reason. Taylor Swift, if you remember, was the one that was made fun of on stage by Kanye West. But because she has a good time and sings at the Grammys and has a lot of big hits and a lot of people like her and she's successful, people continue to put that towards the Chiefs and they hate the Chiefs. But this is why you are America's team, because you've done it yourself. Lean into it. There is no two players popular more in the world than Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. Right now, in sports, they're everywhere. You may go, I don't know, man. Leo Messi, yeah, he's popular. A lot of people know him. But he didn't have the draw, right, of the national publicity that Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey have. You have a rich tradition, and now you're building on top of it. You're making money. It just so happens that your star tight end is dating a very star popular pop artist or musical artist. It's not his fault. It's not his fault he was given God-given looks, and so was she, and their personalities happen to work. But they are America's team. And when you say America's team, the most popular sport in America currently is football. And the best team that has been proven year after year after year is the Kansas City Chiefs. You look at commercials. You look at success rate in the NFL. You look at jersey sales. You look at the best players, two of which in the league play on the same team. Right? How many times in the 90s, if you were growing up then, did you see Pippen and Jordan jerseys? Like you see a Mahomes and a Kelsey jersey. Or how many times you see an Aikman and an Irvin jersey or an Emmett Smith jersey? Right? If it were me, I'd have had a Moose Johnson jersey like that guy. But that's the thing is that it's okay to be America's team. It's not a bad thing. It's not the same as Dallas. The narrative is the same. Right? The the narrative is there. Right? It's because of winning. It's because of success. It's because of continued success and everything that comes with it. Commercials, stars, celebrities. We all remember when the Chiefs played every Sunday at noon except twice a year. Now you play at noon once a year, maybe twice, because you win, because you go to Super Bowls, because you win MVPs, because your tight end breaks records set by Jerry Rice, and you have a very lovable and likable coach you become connected to. And when you're America's team, you can thank some of the Swifties. You can thank some of the people that like pop culture. You can thank the sports fans, yourself, your family. It's fine. Not everybody in America likes them, but they're the team. They're the standard, and they're the number one team in the number one sport in the United States, a.k.a. America. So they are officially coined America's team. And because of that, there are two players on this team that really just seem to amp it up in the playoffs. Those guys are Mahomes and Maato, and this is After Hours on 610 Sports Radio. Back in on After Hours, Nathan with you, Dusty with you until 9 o'clock this night, zooming by, at least in my my mind. Of course, playoff coverage here on 610 Sports Radio brought to you by Twin Peaks, Eats, Drinks, Scenic Views. Also, if you're looking for, I don't know if you have 
you know, a Super Bowl party in mind or if you're, you know, doing anything. I know I'm going to bring wings to the Super Bowl party that I go to, and I know the wings that I'm going to get are going to be from Jefferson's. And right now, Jefferson's is offering a 15% off online orders for carryout and delivery with the promo code 610SPORTS. Limit one per customer on a $40 or a $40 minimum orders. So $40 minimum orders, 15% off. Use the code 610 Sports Radio. Also, Community America Credit Union. Big game coverage is brought to you by Community America Credit Union. Community America Credit Union is proud to be the exclusive banking partner of the Kansas City Chiefs. Get over, get your Chiefs checking account, including the exclusive Chiefs debit card at ChiefsChecking.com. I've seen a lot of those. I've seen a lot of like Mahomes on uh, debit cards or bank cards. My I don't, bank must I don't be, know how I feel about that. My bank just must be lame because uh, yeah. my you can only get the card with the I won't name the the bank, mm-hmm. but it's the the fran- sports franchises from the city the bank is headquartered in. Uh, Those are the only options. Mine for some reason says Missouri State Teachers Association. I I don't know why that you could probably why use that to your advantage in uh, in some way. Yeah, right. I don't know, man. It's just it's weird. I don't know why it's on there. I've never heard of that before. Um, me neither. And every time I go, they're like, oh, Missouri State. I, I don't know. That's the one they gave me. Yeah. Um, but I do, before we get into the next segment, which is the uh, audio that was of this week, I do want to bring up that I think it's crazy that we don't talk enough about the duo that is Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. Without a doubt, and I really don't think it's close, they're the best duo in the league. You can have your Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle. You can have your Devonta Smith and A.J. Browns, whatever it may be. To me, there is no truer, more sound duo in the league than Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes. The resume alone speaks for itself. And what I mean by that is you look at the accolades that they've had. And I, I really do think, and maybe one day we'll get, you know, a sit-down conversation with Travis Kelsey. That'd be a dream of mine because I'd love to pick that brain about his entire career when he does decide to hang it up. But I do have a theory that one day might get answered, or maybe it already has been and I just haven't seen it. But I do believe that Patrick Mahomes is one of the key components in the Travis Kelsey turnaround. He and Andy Reid. And... We know this a little bit because if you listen to the New Heights podcast episode that had Andy Reid on it that came out in the summer, there was a lot of truth to that. Like, you know, there were times where we remember when Travis Kelsey might not have met the curfew and got benched for the first half against the Chargers in a game. There was a time where Travis Kelsey was throwing a flag at a ref as it was his own flag and got ejected. There were times when Travis Kelsey would do antics or, you know, not play to the best of his capability. And people would be like, he's a stud, man. Like, why is it not adding up? And I do believe that part of it was like when Patrick Mahomes came to the picture. I know that he had been doing good things with Alex Smith and it really started to like make that turn towards a professional uh, tied in in the league. But when Patrick Mahomes comes along and it doesn't take a rocket scientist to understand that when a other, another athlete that is very high up in a skill set notices another one that also has a very high skill set and then puts the two together and thinks, Okay, if I use my talent to the best of my capability and blend it with this person's, we could really do something here. That's going to make my vision and my focus go towards a different direction that has nothing but success. I truly believe that's something that happened with Travis Kelsey's career. Maybe a, I don't know, 
euphoric moment that he had. He saw Patrick Mahomes for the first time throw a deep pass off his back foot and be like, well, when that guy's my starter, I can really elevate my game. The attitude would also indicate some of the fact that this duo, when they get on the same page and they really want to win, they will. And they are untouchable. In the AFC championship game, when the game of football in the AFC is at its ultimate pivot point, right? Either your season ends in disappointment because you just couldn't get to that next game, which is the big game, disappointment. But when you do and you perform well enough in it or damn near perfect, it feels a little bit better. And you could kind of flaunt your swag. And we saw that, right? Patrick Mahomes on the road. Lamar Jackson, MVP. Not a shot Lamar. He was the MVP this year. It is what it is. Patrick Mahomes. I don't know if he's feared enough this year. He has, he's kind of had a down year. Yeah, because he was the one dropping it. And then the playoffs in the AFC Championship game start. And what does Patrick Mahomes do? He goes 10 for 10 in the first quarter for 86 yards and a touchdown. I believe ended the game 30 of 39. What did Travis Kelsey do? Hold my beer, he says. I had 11 targets, 11 catches, 116 yards, and probably one of the best touchdowns of the season, let alone probably the best game of my career in the biggest moment. And then what did he do? He used a little bit of old Trav to kind of add salt to the wound. He got Kyle Van Noy to headbutt him, flag every time. And then what happened? He smiled because he got you. He uses old stuff in a good way to bring out somebody else's bad side while still remaining perfect. And when I look at what this is, it gives me a little bit of a reference to what Shawn Michaels and HBK were, or HBK and Triple H were when DX originally started, right? They were the two best at their positions at the time, in my opinion. HBK was the WWF champion. Triple H was a very big superstar on the rise and was right there neck and neck. It was like him, Taker, Austin, HBK, and he knew it. He was helping the content be created. They were one and two together, and they were the most, I don't know, desired duo to watch. What were they going to do next when it's its biggest stage? Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, Survivor Series, SummerSlam, Raw on Monday night. How are we going to make it that much better? How are we going to draw people to us? And that's kind of the same attitude in that attitude era that I see Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes doing, right? We know we're on TV. I know I've got the girl. I know I've got the rings and the MVPs and the Hall of Fame career that it already is at 28, but we're still going to get you. When you throw snowballs at us, we're going to dodge them and laugh in your face. When you say I have a dad bod, I'm going to make a joke about it the next time I possibly can when I speak to the media. Look at their playoff resume. Look at their regular season resume. They have the clout to do it, and they're starting to lean into it. And I love it. Now you're going to your fourth Super Bowl in six years together. Not only that, if you win it, you have it even more. It's amplified. And when you hear Pat McAfee steal a line from Pete Sweeney and Arrowhead Pride that this is the NWO, I remember at draft night when Mahomes came out with a trophy and was holding it up and he was in a white jacket and a black undershirt, Travis Kelsey, same sort of swagger. And they came out and Pete Sweeney made a video with the NWO sounder. We kind of see that coming. 
and it's okay because you have the resume to lean on it. You can't be one of these guys in the league at the top of your game. Oh, by the way, who's the best quarterback in football? Patrick Mahomes. Who's the best tight end in football? Travis Kelsey. Are both guys going to get a nice cream-colored jacket in Canton one day? Absolutely. Do each guy have a resume that they can lean on to where you're like, I don't like that guy. Why? Because he wins. But he's also a little arrogant. Well, when you win and you know you've got another team in the palm of your hand, you can lean into the arrogance. Because that's when it works. Not before the game. Not not before the game when you're throwing, you know, your kicking stand or your ball holder in the way of the, somebody else. You don't have that resume, Justin Tucker. You don't have that clout that these two guys have. It's not your fault. You're just not as good as they are. And you know it. So what do you do? You go to something else. So I love that they're using this. And I do see them as the best duo in the NFL. So you can have all the semantics of this big game. Oh, it's George Kittle and Debo and Brandon Ayuk and Brock Purdy and Christian McCaffrey and Nick Bosa and, you know, Chandler, you know, whatever. Chase Young. But what you don't have is chemistry. What you don't have is the attitude. And what you don't have is the resume. And those are three very, 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 very important things that these two have and this team has with these two players. And they are the best duo in the NFL. I will not hear any other argument. Coming up on the other side, we do it every single week. We give you the audio of the week, pre, by Super Bowl week, here on After Hours on 610 Sports Radio. Back in on After Hours, a little after 7.30. Wise words from Instagram. Rule number one. Never go back to less just because you're too impatient to wait for better. How's that hit your bones? It's so true. Yeah. Is that, does that strike a chord with you right now, Dusty? Not really. Just, just wisdom in general whenever you need it. Yeah, it's just okay. like during breaks that are so long, I just, I go through, you know, Instagram and I'll look at things and I'll, I'll, when I get close to coming back from break, I'll stop at like the first like sentimental post rule. Number one, never go back to less just because you're too impatient to wait for better. It's kind of beautiful. Gotta love it. Instagram posts by dusty Likens. Um, if you're wondering why some of the texts that are coming in are saying, Mr. Crown jewel, um, we got another email sent to the boss. Uh, we talked about it last night. I won't dive into it a whole bunch tonight. But basically, uh, a female listener told our boss that she has gotten five other women at her job to listen to this show and that I am the slept-on crown jewel at 610 Sports Radio. You know what, Dusty? And I could have told you that. Okay. But I love that our listeners are picking up on that. Yeah, dude. It was, uh, it was, a, pretty dope, uh, it was a pretty dope email. I'm not going to lie. I don't know how long this this listener's been listening. When yeah. Dusty says we got an email to the boss, my first reaction is Uh-oh. this is not going to be good. Never is. Never is. I thought it was interesting because like a lot of you guys came in uh, during this season, and I think like the first like no no email, my name was thrown in it. Yeah, and everybody's like, oh okay. <laughs> 
I've now gotten, we get it. I think I've seen I, I've seen two or three of those Possibly. in my time here, and I think they've all had Dusty's name in them. Sometimes, sometimes you got to push the envelope to see how juicy the letter is. Is what I like to say. Is it like Josh Allen? Like you're going to make these amazing plays, but every now and then you're just going to have a might be you put the ball on the ground every now and then. Might be, man. You know, it just. But you're a Hall of Famer. <laughs> I don't know about that, but Crown Jewel is, I think, the name that we're going with. I think because we okay. we canceled the Dirty the werewolf. Werewolf's gone. Uh-huh. And you can't you can't give yourself a nickname. So when somebody throws one out there, I'll take it. Somebody at work that was listening last night today goes, oh, it's the crown jewel. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. all right, we're catching on. We're catching on. So like text line champion, crown jewel, much better than the dirty werewolf. This is uh, the audio of the week. We start with Justin Tucker. I find it kind of silly that we're even having to address it or talk about something that happened before the game that I really don't see as a big deal. Um, you know, and, I mean, I think if you just see the whole interaction and then you see us at the coin toss, we're all dapping each other up and then we just get on with the football game. But, um, you know, for those that don't know, the way it works is each team's kicker uh, goes to the other team's uh, designated warm-up area on the field. And for me, it's usually about 90 minutes before kickoff. So um, I've been doing the exact same thing for 12 years, never really had a problem with anybody. Um, but. Uh, yeah, that's just that's just kind of the way, the way we've always done it, and the way uh, kickers around the league have always done it. Um, you know, and I, I saw Patrick there trying to warm up and get some drop back. So uh, he asked me while I was on the ground stretching, like if I could move my helmet. So I happily got up and I moved my helmet out of the way. At least I thought it was enough out of the way. Um, and then uh, Travis comes over and he just kicks my stuff and he throws my helmet. And I just thought it was all just some gamesmanship, um, you know, all in good fun, but. They seem to be taken a little bit more seriously, um, and uh, I'm I'm totally willing to let it all go. But um, yeah, I just wanted to explain that that's just you know what I've done for 12 years, and it's it's not like I'm out there trying to be problematic. I'm just trying to get ready for the football game, just like they are. You didn't say, and that's and that's that's all I really got to say about okay. it. Okay, well, just to saying, be clear, have you ever had a, like in those 12 years of doing that? Have you ever had an issue like that? Before? No, like I just said, never, never had a, an issue with anybody. Um, you know, we're all, at the end of the day, we're all professionals just trying to get ready for the football game. Uh, those are two of the best players that have ever played the game at their respective positions. They're just trying to get ready for the football game. Obviously, it's an intense environment, so um, it's, it's really whatever to me, man. I'm just, you know, I'm just trying to get ready for the football game. You said nothing. You just let it go, right? Yeah, I was just getting ready for the football game. Okay. Justin Tucker seems like he's very insecure and kind of narcissistic. Oh, no, Dusty. That three-minute answer shows me that he doesn't really care about it. He just... It's whatever, man. But here's here's yeah. 120 seconds about what I was doing. Yeah. It's what... They're taking it seriously, though. Yeah. What are we doing, man? He's narcissistic. He's a sociopath. He's, like the text line says, trying to stay relevant. No, Justin Tucker, that hasn't happened before because you haven't done that before. You're on his side of the field. What are you kicking five-yard field goals for? You're the best leg in football. Well, you used to. It might be Harrison Butker now. Maybe that's why you were a little worried about it. And this was Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes on Pat McAfee's show. Hey, how are you? Hey, Justin Tucker was going to beat your ass, dude. (laughs) He was going to beat your ass. You know that. Hey. Pat, he's going to beat your I'll, ass. I'll tell you, Pat, me and 
me and Patrick were on the sideline in the fourth quarter when Tucker had that chance to cut the lead to one score. If he would have missed that field goal, we were 100% getting a 15-yard flag. <laughs> but of course he made it, of course. He can't let us have any fun. Yeah. have any fun, man. Yeah, and of course. We were, I was 1,000% getting flagged for that one. I will say that is the one time in my life where I understand the Kermit the Frog. Because when he does a little, hello. Oh. Hey, how are you? Like that right there. How are you? Oh. Hey, how are you? Hey, Justin. Uh, it's so great. No, man, like it just. Yeah. I'll say this, Dusty. If Bill Romanowski wants to see a crybaby, yeah. imagine the Chiefs laying equipment at the feet <sighs> of Lamar Jackson before the game. No kidding. Like, I just don't. And Imagine I'm, the public outcry. And, I mean, this is, again, this is the segment we do every Friday at 740, audio of the week. I don't understand. Don't do it. And then, as if it gets any better, you got Nick Bosa. about Taylor and Smith when you watch them. Uh, on film, Taylor's, I think, leads the NFL with a ton of penalties. Anything stand out when you watch him? They hold a lot. I'm sorry. Do you know what Nick Bosa looks like? Have you seen what his body type is? About Taylor Doesn't Smith match the voice. When you watch them uh, on film, Taylor's, I think, leads the NFL with a ton of penalties. Anything stand out when you watch him? They hold a lot. Mm. Mm. And then his other brother sounds like Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs. I don't know if you've heard uh, Joey Bosa talk. Was she a real big fat person? Oh, yes, sir. She was rather large. By the way, Jodie Foster's been fantastic in the new season of True Detective. But again, they hold a lot. Nick Bosa, we are at, when you said this, we were a week and a half away from even having a game. And you're already bringing in this, oh, they hold a lot. They do a bunch of, uh, there's holding on every play. Why can't you just be respectful? Why can't you just be, oh, you know what? You know what? They're pro tackles. They got their, you know, they've got their strategies of what they do. We just got to be better. We got to try to get past them. I'm one of the best defensive players in the league. I won defensive player of the year last year. You got to deal with me. Go in there and own yourself. You're a big son of a buck. You're a big dude. You've got washboard abs and pythons for biceps. Own it. Be like, you know what? They're going to have trouble with me. I, I would respect that more. Then to say, they hold a lot. I would rather you go up there and be like, you know what really is the thing? They got to go against the defensive player of the year next year or this next game. I'm the reigning defending defensive player of the year, and I'm probably one of the top three best defensive players in the league. They hold a lot. This was Alex Smith on Brett Veach falling in love with Patrick Mahomes early. I think Patrick had just finished his freshman year at Texas Tech, and I can remember Veach coming in, and he was – Brett Veach, who is now, for everybody out there, he is the GM of the Chiefs. He's a you know, huge responsibility for taking Patrick and moving up. He was in love with Patrick after his freshman year. I remember him coming in. We all, It was a great relationship there. He came in the QB room. He's like, you guys got to see this guy. like that, uh, that, like that, Because we would always talk ball, you know, talk college football and different stuff. And he had his eyes on him for a long time. I'll say that. See, and so did Andy. And a lot of people fell in love with Patrick Mahomes. And I do believe that if there is one small way – that the Kansas City Chiefs can win another Super Bowl title, the conversation on Monday will be somewhat similar to what Peter King said on the drive this week on 610 Sports Radio. I think however, you, however you're going to uh, answer this question, you simply have to have an asterisk on it, okay? Because, look, I believe as of right now, and I've got to go try to figure this out, 
of all the quarterbacks who are in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, how many of them have gone to have 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 done the following? They've gone to four Super Bowls. They have started for six years and every year have played in the conference championship game. Uh, have the kind of playoff record that he has, whatever it is now, 14 and three, I forget. But whatever the record is, it's ridiculous. And I think that probably other than Tom Brady, I doubt, and maybe there are some metrics that Joe Montana would still be ahead of him, and maybe even Terry Bradshaw, I don't know. But he's done things in six years. And Carrington, if you think about it, he's won, if, if, if he wants to, and if he's healthy, he's one-third of the way through his career. Exactly. The conversation Monday, if in fact Patrick Mahomes does win a Super Bowl after the Super Bowl, will be, is he now able to catch Brady? And then how many rings does he actually need to be considered the greatest of all time? The same conversation could also be had with Andy Reid as the coach of all time. From the 820. I apologize. From the 620. I agree, Dusty. As the wife of an avid listener, ZC, you're my favorite show. If he's not talking about you or Binks, something is up. Love your insight. Go Chiefs, Brooke. There you go. Shout out, Brooke. Another female listener. Trying to bring the ladies in. We're trying to get Steven Spector to give us the idea, not the idea, the okay, that after football season's done, Nathan, every Thursday night, we do ladies' night from 7 to 8. Where you can be a listener, maybe come in and do a segment. Maybe we get some sort of female perspective from the sports world. We call it ladies' night. We're trying to broaden the demographic of what sports radio is clean cliche to as only dudes watch hey i'm free on thursday nights yeah there you go come on up here man you have your nice little ladies night hey man of the people my wife loves your show as much as i do yeah and she demands we listen that's right listen to your wives gentlemen listen to your wives don't be insecure know that they love you and know that you love them back coming up on the other side here we are gotta tell you it's vegas it's the super bowl It's a perfect combination, and I don't know if there's another city capable of being the spot for what this game is. It's Nathan. I'm Dusty Likens. This is, oh, gosh, I almost said the wrong name of the show. This is After Hours on 610 Sports Radio. I'm just happy that this is a night where you can sit on a patio. Nathan, do you have any idea what the temperature currently sits at right now in one Lee Summit, Missouri? Give me 61. I wish. 52. Oh. But. Okay, it was in the mid-60s today. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was like almost 70. It was like six. I think Pete Sweeney had an Instagram post today that said last one of the year. And it was a picture of the practice field, and it said 66. Amazing. I'm just covering for that atrocious guess. I've been inside for a few hours. It's going to be 50 until 2 a.m. Your boy is going to get a sixer at Tall Boys and sit on the patio and listen to music like it's the middle of spring tonight. That's 100% facts. If you want to find me, slide in. 
Uh, Dusty, I really enjoy listening to you. The idea you just spit out about ladies' night is fantastic. Make it happen. We're trying. At uh, Steven Spector on Twitter. Hey, the idea of ladies' night on Thursdays on After Hours with Dusty Likens seems like a great idea. Let it be. From the 913, longtime female listener, also from Lee Summit. Hi, Dusty. Okay. let's. Hi, how are you? But let's have us a night. Let's have us some fun. We got an hour left. Um, there is no secret on where this game that is to be played next Sunday is at. Nathan, it's in Vegas. I was thinking to myself on the ride in here, I was like, okay, we need one more topic. It needs to be kind of short, kind of back and forth. How do we do this? Oh, yeah, Vegas. Because this, I believe, is the first time ever the Super Bowl is in Las Vegas. And I've thought to myself, because I had a buddy of mine, him and or his dad and their and their buddies for 25 years uh, would go to Vegas for the Super Bowl. They would just, they would go there, right? There wasn't all the legal gambling that you could do in Kansas where it's, you know, the seat of your couch you can put in a sports bet or you can drive across state line if you live in Missouri and, and, and gamble, right? And Vegas always kind of screams high stakes at the highest point. Right, like a buddy of mine went to Vegas when they had the NBA All Star Game there one year. Said it was nuts. It was crazy. It was packed. It was over the top. Like wasn't really his cup of tea, but said it was awesome because there was like a high stakes sporting event happening. Even though it didn't mean anything, but it was still high stakes. A lot of celebrities are there. A lot of athletes are there. Take that out of the Super Bowl, multiply it by a thousand. Vegas seems like the greatest place you could have the Super Bowl. And in fact, if I could implicate a rule, I think Vegas should host it every other year. And there's reasons why to that. The Raiders are never going to play in the Super Bowl. So it's never going to be a home game for them. I just trust that with how their franchise is ran by ownership and everybody, especially just judging by the way he gets his hair cut and the clothes that he buys. The other thing about it is that Vegas is notoriously known as the gambling city of the world. The NFL has leaned into gambling. I don't know if you watch games on Sunday, but Jamie Foxx has commercials. Kevin Hart has commercials. Everybody that is a celebrity at some points, like get to DraftKings or get to FanDuel or get to Barstool Sports and do all this stuff and bet on the big game. And you put down a single game parlay this Saturday, you get a free Super Bowl pick on Sunday. The NFL is leaning into it so much. They've said that anybody that's affiliated with the NFL cannot gamble, right? Like Adam Schefter, don't promote it, but we know you're doing it. The other thing about Vegas is, it's a dome. You don't have to worry about outside. So then I think to myself, okay, well, what if it can't just be Vegas every other year? What if that's not something that's fair? C- certain cities put in a lot of money. Well, nobody likes Arizona, right? I think you should still keep it in New Orleans because I think New Orleans is a cool place to have a Super Bowl. I still need to go to New Orleans for a trip. I, I'm dying to go there. It's a bucket list. The only one I can think of is maybe L.A. and maybe New York but New York doesn't have an outside or doesn't have an inside stadium. They've done it what once, and it was freezing cold. So it's one of those things where, like, yeah, the city's big, the town is fun, but to me, there's just really not a destination better suited for the Super Bowl than Vegas. I, Dusty, I'm with you 100. percent I, I, I might not even want New York City or some of those East Coast warmer cities. I think right. I think just the overall vibe of this thing in Las Vegas with the legalized betting is what the NFL pictured when the Raiders moved here. Right. Now, of course, the league and, and the Raiders' ownership and everything has benefited by all the road teams that come in all year. But I think 
Vegas being the center of the sports world next weekend is what the league wanted. Oh, I mean, um, everything about it. And for so many years, they wouldn't have the Super Bowl in a cold-weather city unless you didn't have a dome. And I, I don't know if they did another one other than that New York Super Bowl maybe 10 years ago. But I think warm weather is the way to go. Um, Phoenix, eh, New Orleans, I'm fine with or without it. I think I think you go SoFi and Allegiant Stadium. I think I think you just go back and forth. Right. And I mean, the thing is, is like a lot of people are like, oh, well, people that, you know, put together the stadiums and like put together the idea of a new stadium with like a retractable roof or a, a dome or whatever. That's what they're doing. They're trying to get a Super Bowl. I don't need the Super Bowl to be played in Indianapolis. I don't need the Super Bowl to be played in Minnesota. That's not a shot at Minnesota. I love a lot of people in Minnesota. John Hansen, Henry Lake, Paul Charchian, all good friends. I don't need the Super Bowl to be played in Minnesota. I want the Super Bowl to be played in Vegas where the lights are the brightest and all the attention is there, right? Look at the diverse sort of singers you have for Vegas this year and the Super Bowl. The national anthem is sung by Reba McIntyre, so hammer the over of time. Probably like a minute, 27 and a half, take the over. You know Reba's going to bring it. And then your halftime shows Usher, right? And not only that, but think about all the things that happen in Vegas around tourist attraction in the world. Somebody that doesn't even live in the United States might totally forget when the Super Bowl is and book a trip, and all of a sudden, the Super Bowl just falls into their lap. And maybe they're like Nikki Papa Giorgio from Vegas Vacation. You play a slot machine, and boom, you want a free two tickets to the Super Bowl. Never know. You can go see Garth Brooks on Saturday. Go watch Patrick Mahomes on Sunday. You can go watch Adele at Caesars Palace and then walk right over to the Super Bowl, and you've seen Adele, and then you've seen the best game of football. It's kind of interesting. Kind of wild to think about that, but Vegas to me is the ultimate destination for the Super Bowl, and I think we're going to see that when we watch this. Now, I know we're going to have issues with the field. We've already seen pictures of what you know the, this, the field looks like. But again... They were slipping and sliding in Arizona last year. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah, according to some. But again, I don't think it gets better than... I don't think it gets better than, than Vegas, man. And I understand. You know, I get it. I think LA is probably the next best destination, and you just alternate locations every other year. Makes it easier. Makes planning easier. Vegas has to keep the Super Bowl. It's almost 8 o'clock, so we do the out-of-left field question. Tonight's question. We've got a lot of diversity on this text line tonight, from women to men. What is your go-to song to serenade someone with? 913-586-7610. What is your go-to song, or what would be your go-to song to serenade somebody with. That is the out-of-left-field question. That's Nathan. I'm Dusty. This is 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to After Hours.